Hey, this is Wyatt, student ministries pastor at Alderwood Community Church. Thanks for tuning in to our online messages. We're in a series right now on the life of David. Now he was a man after God's own heart. We're praying that this series will help you to examine your heart as you seek to live as an everyday follower of Jesus. Enjoy. We're pretty much Saul. You know, we, we can think, well... I'm not king, though, so I'm not actually telling other people to go disobey God, so I'm pretty much off the hook, right? Since I'm not actually in charge, it doesn't really apply to me. But we are just like Saul. And, and here's how. When someone tells you that you're wrong, what is your first reaction? <laughs> you're right. No, it's not. Uh, especially not for me. I will argue a point even when I know I'm wrong, and I will argue it to death, and I will still win. Uh, is Tim here yet? Uh, thank you. Whoa, don't applaud that. That's bad. Tim isn't here, uh, but uh, I have, if I had my phone on me, I'd show you. I, Tim, Chris Reimer, and I have like a 200, 300 message long argument about whether or not Eli Manning is an elite quarterback. He's not. Uh, that I'm right about. I'm not arguing a wrong point on that. I'm right. But, you know, <laughs> that's actually our reaction with a lot of things. Someone says, you're wrong. You're like, no, I'm not. You are. Right? Uh, we don't like to be wrong. We're prideful. We take pride in things. It's not always a bad thing. Most of the time it is, though. When something does go wrong, right? No. Standard example, think as a little kid. When something goes wrong, do you take responsibility for it or do you try to pass the blame off to someone else? Right? When you mess up, you know you messed up. Not a secret. When you mess up, you know. Do you go, and I'm not saying like little mess ups. I'm saying when you mess up like big time, you say, it was my fault. I'm so sorry. Or most of the time, do you try to go, he did it. Or, I don't know what happened. It just kind of happened, right? Do you try to pass off the blame? Or do you, like, actually own it and accept it? In Saul's case, right, we already know what he does. I mean, he passes off the blame every time. My soldiers did it. Uh, they were leaving. You're late, prophet, dude, that talks to God. It's your fault, clearly, that I disobeyed God. Uh, right? We don't, we don't own up to it. We try to pass it off. Uh, I want to play a short video. Uh, it's one minute long. It's by John Christ, which if you know, last time I was up here, I played a John Christ video, and I love him. Uh, I just want us to watch it together, and I'll break down what I mean, or what it's supposed to mean. Go ahead and laugh when you feel like it. All right, time to eat. Oh, let's do Yum, it. Good. Thanks for bringing your buddy over for dinner. Thanks for having me, guys. Let's pray. Yeah. No, I was going to suggest that pray before we eat and stuff. Yeah. Put absolutely. it back. Oh. Dude, take your hat off. You may take my hat off for the prayer or just the meal or. Thank you. Okay, hats off. Okay, let's pray. We close our eyes. Oh. You want me to close my eyes, too? Okay, bro, you told me about none of this, but all right, eyes closed, hat off. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I knew that. 
on my phone for uh, We hold hands. Oh you okay. We hold hands. You're one of these families. We hold okay. hands. Yeah, no, absolutely. I saw this in a painting one time. Okay, let's do it. Our Father. Who art in heaven? Thank you for the food. No. Oh, seriously. No. Really? Oh, all right. Time to eat. Oh, Let's do it. Good. Thanks for bringing your buddy over. All right. So, what's the point of showing that video? Oh, that's a great shot right there. Think about it. He puts that food back. That's gross. Uh, now, it seems a little bit out there, but this captures exactly the heart of what I'm talking about. Now, I, I didn't tell you guys the title of this sermon yet because I didn't want to give it away. But I, I'm calling it doing the right thing for the wrong reason, right? Saul seemingly did the right thing for the wrong reason. Saul made sacrifices, which are good in the law. It is good. It's commanded multiple times, make sacrifices. But he did it for the wrong reason because he did it out of pride that he thought he could do better. This family right here summarizes 1 Samuel 15, 22 to 23 absolutely perfectly. Uh, let's read it. And we'll talk about it. But Samuel replied, Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. For rebellion is like the sin of divination and arrogance like the evil of idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. Drop the mic, Samuel, out. Uh, for real, he probably did something like that. Like, he's going off on him. Samuel's mad when he's saying this, by the way. It literally says that he was angry and talked to God all night. Uh, so, how does this family represent this? How do, how do we represent this? Uh, we are very much like that family. That family is praying before a meal which is a good thing. Praying is good. Uh, they, he, he, they asked John, John Chris is the comedian that had to take off the hat and all that. They asked John to take off the hat because it's seen as a symbol of respect when you pray or generally when you're in church, this is kind of fading out with, with our generation, but uh, when I was growing up, when yeah, all you with hats are getting a little bit nervous. Uh, when you were in a church, you took off your hat out of respect, Right? <laughs> Gosh, Mason, <laughs> uh, don't throw the hat. Uh, we're supposed to take off the hat uh, out of respect. We're inside a church. When you pray, take off the hat so that's out of respect. It's just like when we sing the national anthem, you're supposed to stand, take off your hat if you're wearing it, uh, hold a hand over your heart, stand out of attention, whatever. It's out of respect. Uh, this family gets that. So they ask John to take off his hat. Uh, they also hold hands. They're showing like a sign of unity, like we're a family, we hold hands. Uh, they ask him to, to close his eyes. Like we, The reason why we close our eyes when we pray is so that we can just focus on God, right? We're not looking at everything else. Nowadays we have you know, tablets and cell phones and all that, so we'd be looking at that. Uh, they're eating or sitting at the dinner table. He'd be looking at the food, uh, all these kind of things. They're saying, no, we're just going to try focusing on God. Then they try to do the Lord's Prayer, which, uh, does anyone's family do that? Like where you say one line? Of, thank you. It's weird. Uh, it's kind of an old school thing. Uh, and I'm glad it's over because it's so awkward for that exact reason. Clearly, John did not know the next line. Thank you for the food. Not quite. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Uh, they're trying to do a good thing. The Lord's Prayer is a good thing. 
So they're doing a lot of good things here. You know, they're praying, they're holding hands, they're showing unity, they're focusing on God, they're using uh, the Lord's Prayer, Jesus' Prayer, literally saying, like, this is how you should pray. Doing a lot of good things. Yet, this verse sums them up. Does the Lord delight in good prayers and holding hands or taking off hats as much as obeying the Lord? They disobeyed because... John there, this is, it's humor, satire. He's basically playing the non-Christian kid that got invited into their house, and they're making him feel like such an outsider, like this is so unattainable for you, you don't even understand this. I can't believe that you would even dare do that. What's wrong with you? While praying to God, a prayer that's supposed to lift up and glorify him, a prayer that Jesus quoted to a bunch of people that didn't really know how to pray and would have been just like who John played, right? They understood the actions. If you've grown up in the church, you understand what to do, what to say, how to act, where to go. We can go through the motions. I, can, I could fake it like no other. I could just give all the right Sunday school answers every week uh, real easy. It's not hard when you grow up around it. You know, my first 18 years of my life, actually, more specifically, my first, like, 10 years, I literally, like, grew up in a church building nonstop, pretty much. My family was very involved there. It was a small church, so I was always there. So I knew all the right answers. I mean, I literally knew where to go for everything in the church. Uh, I had that down. It's not the hard part. What it actually means, what God wants from those actions is the hard part, Right? That family failed at a good prayer, if there is such a thing. That was definitively a bad prayer time because they missed the entire point of what they were doing, right? They weren't getting closer to God from that. They were pushing someone farther away. When Saul made his burnt offering in chapter 13, and the sacrifices in chapter 15, he understood that's what God asks him to do regularly. That wasn't the hard part, though. He didn't understand that a heart that was obedient to God and a heart that wanted to get closer to God was more important. God cares a lot more what's happening inside than outside, right? The inside of my porch was covered in moss, the outside was nice and shiny. Where do you actually sit, though? Inside. If you breathe in moss for, or not moss, uh, gosh, mold. Wrong word. Moss isn't that bad. Mold is way worse. Uh, moss in my car would be gross, though. Uh, the inside of my car is mold. If I sat in there and I had to breathe mold while I drove my car, it would actually, like, kill you. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> A large amount of mold constantly being inhaled, as I'm not saying it was a little mold, it was a lot of mold in my car, uh, would kill you. That is detrimental. The inside matters more than the outside. What everyone else sees matters a little bit, but what's actually going on inside and what's your motivation for doing things and, and uh, why does it really matter to you and what are you really thinking about this and all of that, that matters more to God than what you're doing on the outside, right? The example for this I can immediately think of. Uh, here's a hint. We're going to close tonight in prayer. We're not quite there yet, but, but when we do, uh, 
God does not care about the person that can stand up here and pray eloquently for 30 minutes using all these big fancy words that everyone is like, wow, they're so spiritual. They know all these really big words that I don't really know what they mean, like transubstantiation and transfixiation and all these things. They can just throw that out there and it just slides right in and makes a ton of sense. The Amalekites, the Gilgal, the Gebeb, whatever. You know, they just throw all these words out there. They're just rolling with it and and they, they just seem like holier than thou and they get it. You could do all that for 30 minutes standing up here praying in front of this large group. I could try to do that. I stutter over my words sometimes, so I probably wouldn't be that eloquent. But if I didn't mean anything that I was just saying, God doesn't give a hoot. It just fell on deaf ears, right? It didn't actually matter. Nothing I said mattered. None of it carried weight. The power of prayer, which is real. We saw the power of prayer happen at Ross Point this year. It is powerful when you mean the words that you are saying. That had no power. If someone's up here faking it, it has no power. The words themselves, the act of praying, doing all of these right motions didn't matter at all. doesn't matter at all. But on the flip side, if someone in small group were to try to pray for 20 seconds, 10 seconds even, they couldn't quite get the words out. It was a hard time for them. They couldn't quite keep their thoughts straight. They kept going, um, uh, uh, and, and I just want to, um, I, you know, they're stuttering through it, right? We've, we've been there. There's usually the person that tries to do that. But, but, they're praying with the heart that is coming in true and honest uh, desire to know God and to get closer to him. Right? They understand that they are talking to the God of the universe, the God that created them, the God that has the power to do whatever he wants and to actually change and influence their lives. And they're coming before him in humility and, and they're, they're scared and they're nervous because they, they don't really know the right words to say, but they know that they want to talk to him and there's this thing on their hearts, but they can't quite get it out. Maybe they never actually said the words of what they were trying to get at. That prayer, I am confident to say, is one billion times more meaningful to God than me standing up here for 30 minutes saying all the right words and not meaning any of it. Because God cares more about what was going on inside of that heart than what's going on inside of mine, which would be dead and empty if I was just to say words just because I thought they sounded good and I wanted to impress all of you. Right? And you might be nodding your head right now. You might be saying, that makes sense. But it's way easier for us to make that judgment the wrong judgment, where we're like, wow, that person prayed really well. They must be really spiritual. Versus, the person sounds like they've never prayed before in their life. What are they doing? Get on track. Right? You might be the person that doesn't actually really know the right words to say when you pray. You, you might be the person that, when you open up your Bible, you're like, this is big and scary, and there's weird words, like Gilgal. What's a Gilgal? Uh, it's a place. Uh, <laughs> doesn't matter, right? You might be intimidated by that. You might be really confused. You might be scared. But if you're actually opening up this book and you're coming at it with, God, I don't know everything that's being said, but I want to know who you are and I know that you reveal yourself in this book, you got it. You're going to learn more about God by reading this book 
and being a little bit confused about certain words like Gilgal than by the person that's super well-read, they're very scholarly, they can read this, be like, oh yes, Gilgal, that's exactly at 94 degrees longitude and latitude, whatever, right? I don't know, I don't know how longitude and latitude work. That's the thing you learn in middle school and then you never use again in life. Uh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> right? Being smart doesn't make you more spiritual. Knowing the right things to do, the right things to say, the right way to act, doesn't make you more spiritual. Now, I, I know I went on a little bit of a tangent, but for some of you, maybe you're just not a Christian, right? You haven't been raised in church. It's not really for you. Uh, you still try to do what Saul does, though, right? What Saul's doing is pretty much polishing a turd. Uh, he has a turd on the inside, and he's shining it on the outside, you laugh, but it's true. Uh, Saul's inside is really messed up. It's really self-centered, and it's worthless to God. He doesn't care. So, you know, thinking back in, in my own life, right, I would always do things where basically it comes out to, this is a good thing to do, I should do it, Right? Helping the poor, you know, seeing a homeless person, slipping them a fiver, uh, or buying them a meal, or, uh, you know, go sitting with the, uh, the quiet kid at lunch that doesn't have any other friends, right? You do, you do these good things. You're like, wow, it's good. I'm doing pretty good today. Uh, and you're just trying to do it, basically, to earn yourself brownie points or tip the scales in your favor, uh, just to kind of be like, I'm better than a bad person, right? I'm... Coming out a little bit ahead. If you're trying to cut corners for the higher power in your life, for God, for, for whatever uh, you might think is out there, you miss the point. Because God's already shown and revealed the way to get closer to him and the way for, for redemption and the way to, to make your life meaningful and makes sense, and it's all right here in this book. It's all in the, the life and death and resurrection of his son, Jesus, and living with a desire to, to know who he was, know who he is, and to live like him is the shortcut. There's no other path. That is the shortcut. That is the only path to actually get closer to God, to not be polishing a turd but actually be going somewhere. All of this to say, I want us to close in a time of prayer. And, and you guys can go ahead, grape, uh, break up into to some smaller groups around you. It doesn't have to be your small group on Sunday. Just be with the, the people around you. And, and here's my challenge to you, and I want you to really be honest with each other and honest with yourself. Shh, worry about making groups in a minute. Shh, shh, shh freshmen, uh, rookies, uh, everyone over here already knows what group they're going to, so you guys got to figure it out right now, uh, serious time though, be honest, be honest with yourself, be honest with God, and we're just going to do this two or three minutes, not long at all, and the band's going to come up, understand that you are like Saul in more ways than not, you need forgiveness to be a part of your prayer, right? The things that are happening inside that everyone on the outside might not see, maybe you're not comfortable admitting that to someone that you're sitting around right now. Fine, okay? 
give you that. Fair enough. Probably wouldn't be either with, uh, if I was with people I didn't know that well. Uh, I hope you are, because this is a safe place. All of your leaders here, we're safe to talk to. We, we want what's best for you. We're not here to judge you. We're here to, to help you and love you. And, and that's what I hope everyone in here is here for. Uh, so maybe you're not ready to admit it to someone here. Maybe you want to do it later. That's fine. But at least be praying that whatever's going on inside of you is actually true and honest in seeking God, right? That what's going on inside of you isn't this, this little person that's trying to hold up this masquerade so everything outside you is just working perfectly and everyone thinks that you're doing great and inside you're just completely empty because you're patching all the holes trying to fix them. Instead, just when you pray, whatever's going on in your heart, let it flow. Just an honest desire to, to get closer to God. To, to actually honor him and love him and respect him instead of making a random burnt offering that doesn't actually mean anything to God, right? So, two or three minutes, don't care about the words that you use. It doesn't matter if you use spiritual words or not, whatever, whatever comes to your head from your heart, right? So, go ahead, break off two or three minutes. You can spread out a little bit if you want. We're kind of clumped. 8.27, we'll start playing. <laughs>